a good day to be here and praise the Lord. Amen. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. We are blessed to have men of God here in this building. We are so appreciative of you. And we thank you to our Abba Daddy for providing him you to us. We just worship him this morning and we glorify his name this morning. Father, we come before you and we celebrate you and we just thank you for your presence here in this building. Thank you that you are a good, good father. We just worship you. 2 Corinthians 6.18 says that he is our father and we are his sons and daughters. So this morning, let's just rejoice and be glad because we have a good, good father. <laughs> Amen. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's, al he's always there present for us. So we just glorify you, Father. Let's confess our vision this morning. Let's go. We are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the word of God, and we make an eternal impact in the lives of others. Amen. We glorify you. Thank you, Father, that you are good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. We worship. Come on and worship him this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. You are good. stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you are pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father.
that you are more than enough. We are, you are more than what we could ever ask or think. We just worship you and praise you this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Going through a storm, but I won't go down. I hear your voice. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
we thank you as a father you've set the table and you've placed everything we need and desire on the table and so this morning we run to the table <laughs> I run to the table this morning and I'll not leave anything on that table that you've spread before us hallelujah glory to God 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 we thank you father we thank you for your perfect will which is at work in us oh I thank you that your perfect will is at work in this service this morning I thank you that everything that is done will bring glory to your name will bring glory to you father God we thank you we thank you and we honor you today as we take the time to honor our dads this morning our earthly dads those father figures those who have stepped up when maybe dads weren't around we thank you father for every father that's in here today I thank you father that you see them you see their current condition you know the desires of their hearts and so you strengthen them this morning you said that if we are in need of wisdom to ask and so we ask Father God, for supernatural wisdom this morning to every father, no matter what phase of fatherhood he is in, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And for those, Father, who have maybe lost their dads, not lost them because most have gone on to glory, they've gone on before us. We lift the dads who are missing their dads today. We lift them up before you. I thank you for the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, that Holy Spirit, bring back to them the great memories of their fathers. And let that be a comfort and a joy to them today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Take a moment and just greet someone this morning. If it's a dad, you know, you can ask him, are you a dad? Tell him happy Father's Day today. Glory to God. Thank you, team. God bless you today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Glory to God. We serve a God who should be honored. Amen. He's a Father who should be honored, and we honor him today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah, amen. Dads, if you didn't get your cupcake on the way in, get it on the way out. Amen. There's still some back there for you. I'd like to know your thoughts on the apple pie one. <laughs> that sounds absolutely delicious to me. <laughs> so enjoy it for me, and let me know how it is. Glory to God. Go ahead, Mr. Aaron. Good morning, Father's House Family Church. It is Nasha Barton here with this week's upcoming events and announcements, so listen up. I would like to first take this opportunity to welcome all of our guests, all of our first-time visitors. If this is your first time with us, we welcome you. Come on, Father's House. Let's thank God for all of our first-time guests and visitors. You are so welcome here. When you walked into the sanctuary this morning, we pray that you experience the love of God, and we pray that you continue to enjoy the service. When you walked in, you also should have received a connection card with the 
welcome packet. In the welcome packet, there's more information about our church and how you can connect with us online. We would love if you can fill out that connection card and turn it in during our offering time or to one of our ushers before you leave the service today. Should you turn that in, we have a gift for you in return. Again, thank you so much for worshiping with us. We pray you come back and worship with us very, very soon. Big happy Father's Day to all of our fathers. We thank God for you. We honor you today. Know that you are loved, you are valued, and you are appreciated for who you are and what you tirelessly give time after time again to your families. We love you, and we thank God for you. We hope that you enjoy the service, that you feel that love on today. Kingdom Couples, we are so excited. We are looking forward to our next Kingdom Couples event that's taking place next Saturday um, on the 25th. Listen, if you did not sign up, it's okay. You still have another opportunity to sign up. Let us know as soon as possible if your plans have changed for that weekend and you'd like to join us. We have reservations at a beautiful restaurant right by the water. We're gonna spend an evening fellowshipping with one another, um, shopping and sightseeing in Newport. It's gonna be an amazing time. We cannot wait. We hope you're excited because we are. Also, just a reminder that next Sunday, Lit Youth will be serving us an amazing breakfast. Y'all, I hear it's going to be good. I hope you're excited because I'm excited. I'm coming with my $5. I'm coming with my appetite, and I'm going to support our young people, and I know you are too, so don't forget, put that in your calendars. Put a reminder, 9.15 a.m. right here. Lit Youth is going to serve us amazing breakfast, and I hope you have plans to join us. Also, on next Sunday, we're going to have our grad celebration. Amen. God has been so good to us, and we thank him for this opportunity to celebrate our graduates. And last but certainly not least, this is a reminder that our backpack and school supplies drive is still going on. And as of today, we have purchased 20 out of the 150 backpacks. Let's go ahead and praise God for that. That's because of your faithful giving. Hallelujah. We thank God because this is an opportunity to impact the families in our community. Listen, we are making an impact for God. Amen. You never know what connecting with one of those families could do for their lives and their families, their marriage in the future. So continue to let God lead you and let's be a blessing to this community. If you want to find out more about the school supplies that's needed, you can find out on the June calendar on the back. That's all the information. It's right there for you. Amen. Amen. That concludes our announcements this week. We're going to go ahead and turn it over to Henry, who's going to come and receive our offering for us today. Let's receive Good morning and happy Father's Day. And I think you can turn that down just a little bit. Wait, maybe. For those of you who may not know me, I'm Henry. I've been part of the DeGrasse family since 1985, I believe. It's been a few years, praise God, hallelujah. When they came back from Tulsa, my wife and I and my daughter, and we joined them the first Sunday of 2000, praise God, hallelujah. <coughs> For those of you who do know me, well, that's your problem. <laughs> Get used to it, praise God. When those of us who stand behind this pulpit, whether it's Pastor Murphy or the founding pastors here or myself or others who receive the offering, you need to know this one thing. 
before I share what I have this morning. It's not something that we come up with in our heads. We seek the Lord, at least on some level, on some degree, to find out what the people need to hear that day. And being Father's Day, uh, I'm going to direct this to the fathers, but the truth and the principle of it all works for anybody. As dads, we want to be the best dads that we can be for our families. We want to see them happy, healthy, and whole. That is what any good dad works towards and wants for his family. Our Heavenly Father is no different. He desires that his family prosper and be in health even as their souls prosper. And of course, that's found in Pastor Jack's favorite scripture, 3 John 2. And the more you read that, the more it'll become your favorite scripture, praise God. Think about what that's saying. The God of the universe, the God who adopted us, wants us to be healthy and whole, praise God. Not once in a while, but all the time. Now, how God would have us get there and how we work towards having happy, healthy, and whole families might look a bit different. And one of the main reasons for that is this. Most people, not everyone, but most people receive the Lord as their Savior and make God their heavenly daddy later on in life. It's usually not the case where people are, they grow up in a Christian home. Sometimes, yes, of course, but oftentimes you're in your teens, you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and you receive the Lord. And what that means to us is that we grew up only knowing the world's way of prospering. The world's way of prospering is basically under the curse, and we're going to see that here in Scripture. So there's two ways, God's way and the world's way. Genesis 3.17 in the New International Version, it reads as follows. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, say painful toil. Does that sound like a blessing to you? Doesn't to me either. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. So I took the time to look up what the word toil means. Now, you're going to get tired just listening to this definition. Long, strenuous, fatiguing labor. I want to take a nap already. It means to struggle. It means to battle. Laborious effort. To work hard and long. To proceed with laborious effort. It gets better. Overwork. To get or accomplish with great effort. Now I can almost hear some of you thinking because I thought this when I, when I read this. That's the nature of my job. That's the, that's the nature of my job. Work hard, long hours, toiling. We have uh, Dave Verdos, who owns his own plumbing company. You ever work long hours, Dave? Hard, right? We have an electrician in the house, self-employed, 
first of all. I'm sure he works long hours. So this is not telling us not to work. And it's not saying that there's something wrong with working hard and long. But there's a truth here that we must understand, and it's this. There is nothing wrong with working hard unless, say unless, you are doing so to meet your needs. Scripture says that God meets all of our needs. If you and I are depending on our jobs to meet our needs, then our dependency is in the wrong place. That's where the curse comes in, when we try to do it for ourselves and by ourselves. A little bit more of that definition, and this really spoke to my heart when I, when I read it. To toil is a net to trap gain. Something by which one is held fast or inexplicably involved, a snare or a trap. That's what the world tries to get us into, trapped into working, 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 working to meet our needs. That is under the curse, praise God. Jesus Christ came to deliver us from the curse. Yes, we work. Yes, we work hard. Yes, we work with excellence. Bill Winston said this one time, and I had to, I had to process it for a while, but, but I got it. He said, your job is not to provide you a paycheck. It is to develop the potential that is in you for the grace that God has given you to do that kind of work so that you can become a greater blessing. So when I started as an automobile technician, I was a, what we call, class C. You can only do certain things. But I developed the ability to work on cars level after level. Amen? And now I can be a greater blessing. So it's not for the paycheck. It's so that I can develop what's in me that God has placed in me so I can be a greater blessing. So that's the world's way. In Matthew 6.33, and we sang, I'm not going to read all the scriptures, but we sang these verses in the song this morning about how God takes care of the lilies of the field and so on and so forth, the birds of the air. He's basically, this is Jesus our Lord saying this. It's in red, and he's telling the people of those days, do not worry about what you're going to eat, wear, or drink. Don't worry about that. That meant something to them because they didn't have Walmarts in every corner. They have to dig wells. They have to grow their own food. So it really, what do you mean don't worry about it? I, I need to do these things. You can do them, but don't worry about it. But he, but he said this. I'm going to read Matthew 6.33 out of the Amplified Classic Edition. It says, instead of worrying, what should I do? But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness. Praise God. His way of doing, say that, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. Hallelujah. To reiterate, yes, work. Work hard, praise God. Be a good worker whether it's for yourself or for someone else. But don't do it to provide for yourself and all of your needs. Let God do that. Praise God. Amen? The harder we work, the more finances we get, of course, the better off we are, and we can be a blessing to more people. But I, I'm so glad that I don't look at my employer as my source. How about you? Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. How are we doing on the roof project this week? Praise God. Woohoo! Hallelujah. It's going down every week. 
We received 100, remaining 11,437, and the total received 5,563. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand together this morning? As we release our offerings as an act of worship to our God. Hallelujah. So we'll make our declaration of faith once again. This should never get old. Amen. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. Because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns. We receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing into our hands great big seeds, and we are moving forward in faith in every area in our lives. We command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvesting angels, go get it and bring it to us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Those of you who are giving by envelope, please come forward and release your offerings to the Lord. Hallelujah. And Pastor Murphy will pray over our giving. Thank you. Yeah, you can pray right there. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Good word this morning. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to give. Amen. And we give cheerfully. Glory to God. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. We got one more to go. <laughs> that fishing trip yesterday. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you. You are a good, good father, the one who provides for us. You care for us. If you care for the birds, how much more do you care for us? You clothe us. You give us everything we need. And so we look to you today. You are the father who gives seed to the sower and bread for food. I thank you that you multiply the seed that we sow today and increase the fruits of our righteousness. We give you all the glory and the honor for everything we receive. And we declare in this house that we are good givers and we are good receivers. We are blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Mr. Eric, you want to come this morning? We uh, sent out uh, some things on, we posted some uh, questions on uh, Facebook through a form. And so some individuals did take the time to respond. So we want to read some of those to you. I, I really like the response we got. So Mr. Eric's going to do that this morning. Thank Happy you. Father's Day to you. Thanks. Happy Father's Day to all you dads, biological dads, stepdads. Pet dads. My dad's my best friend, so, you know, today's special to me. So, like Pastor said, we had some questions and some dads answered, so I'll, we could have said who made each comment, but for time's sake, we'll just get right to the answers, and I won't call you out. What is the best thing about being a dad? Your kids keep you young. Well, I acquired teenagers when I got married. I got white hair. So I don't know if I agree with that one. 
to know now I have somebody else I got to love, protect, and spend the rest of my life with, or the rest of their life with. And, and that, that means a lot too, right? It's not just about themselves or, you know, their wife or partner. When you make them smile, who likes to make their kids smile? It's hard when you, when you have teenagers, though, because you make a dad joke and they just roll their eyes and that really smile like they're annoyed. Just let me be in my messy room with my music on. How about watching the growth and maturity of the two boys I raised to responsible, caring men? What is the hardest thing about being a dad? Remembering that you were a child once? How about not being there for them when they need you? I mean, Henry said about hard work and, hard work and long hours. Some people in the military have to leave their whole family. That's a tough thing to know that. They're missing out on memories. Because when I was overseas and we had Christmas and Thanksgiving and all the other holidays, it was just another day to us. So we missed out on, I mean, uh, you know, we can call those memories being out there, but they're not like tradition that we set. In the beginning, for some of us, there's no sleep. LOL. As they get older, seeing them grow up too fast. So I was like, oh, I can't wait to get old. They get older so you can not have to change diapers or drive them everywhere. And then before you know it, the kid's leaving the nest. And you're like, what happened all those years? So we got to slow it down and take our time. Still miss when they used the, to wait at the stairs for, for you when you got home. That's why you get a dog. Fred Flintstone, Dino was always waiting for him. <laughs> My cat waits for me every time I get home. He's right there, either you know, at the bottom when I come in the, from the garage door or up at the top of the stairs. So <laughs> Kevin lives out with us, so I get a cat now. So they didn't wait for me anyway. They were in their rooms. In the past, the hardest thing was being on time for their sporting event. Now it's correcting them on their bad decisions. My dad got me AAA one time because I broke my car because I never got the brake slip fixed. And so the wheel stopped turning. So I was dragging the wheel and it was making a line down the road, down another road. The rubber on the tire flew off and went into a cemetery. And I crossed the street up the road and pulled into my driveway. It's funny, but it's not. People were beeping the horn, smoke coming out everywhere. My dad says, hey, you're smart, but you do some dumb things sometimes. <laughs> so that was like the night before Thanksgiving. So that Christmas, he got me AAA. So I know about that, bad decisions. What surprised you the most about being a dad? A father said, how forgiving you can be when it's your kids. My kids don't do anything wrong. Meanwhile, there's a group of people over here like, I can't believe that kid. How fast they grow, you mentioned that. How much they mean to you and how much like you they are, the good and the bad. You always see that now with parents too, like, oh, that's your son or that's your daughter. They're just like you. And then your parents told you, oh, I can't wait because when your kids grow up, they're going to be just like you were to me. And you're like, no, no, they're going to be better. No, they're the same. The heart and love you can have for a child. You don't have to be a parent to love kids, right? But that means a lot to a, a father watching his kid grow. If you could wish one thing for your child, what would that be? 
that they're healthy and have a relationship with God. Now, a lot of the guys said the same thing on, on this answer, and I think we all can agree. Healthy and have a relationship with God, that they follow after God with their whole heart. For him, to, for him or them to live a godly life, and that they're all happy and healthy. We want the best for our kids, right? We just have to let them understand on their own how, mu how important God is. Because no matter how much we say it, they have to understand that and get that revelation. But we lead by example. Come to church. Read the word. Have faith in God. And eventually, the overflow gets to them. Amen? What advice do you have for a dad-to-be or a new dad? Love and patience must be a constant part of your relationship with your child. I don't have any patience, but move on. Love, kindness, and discipline. Listen to them and correct with care. That's a toughie, right? There's a father in here. He used to get the belt out, but he would hit the bed instead of the child until he found out. Don't stress. Relax. Enjoy it and know everything is going to be all right. That's hard. The baby's screaming, the, di the diaper's dirty. Now they're running out of formula on the shelves. It's not the child's fault. But that's what people tell you when their kids are already growing up. Relax, it's going to be okay. Remember, this is for like new dads, not you know people that have kids and then they have another child. Enjoy every moment. It goes way too fast. That's important, right? And like I said, before you know it, they're already go leaving the house, going to college. It's like, man, where'd the time go? So then the last one, I'm glad the teens are up here because, you know, they love a good dad joke, right? So we ask, hey, dads, you got any good dad jokes? Someone's like, sorry, being a dad is no joke. <laughs> dad, can you put, on my sh put my shoes on? No, I don't think they'll fit me. This one, I, I read this one, and the first time I, I saw it, you know, days ago, I'm like, I didn't understand until actually this morning I was going over, and I'm like, oh, that's what we're going to do when we get to heaven. Oh, now I get it. I thought the dryer was shrinking my clothes. Turns out it was the refrigerator all along. <laughs> so you do get it. It comes down to food. I'm like, man, what is that? I don't know. What did one hat say to the other? Stay here. I'm going on ahead. <laughs> what do you call someone with no body and no nose? Nobody knows. I don't know. Teens are like, can I go? Why did dads take an extra pair of socks golfing? In case they get a hole in one. And my favorite, what do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. Happy Father's Day, Dad. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> a little humor. A little Father's Day humor. <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, before we get into the message this morning, I sat at the table with my dad for a very special Let's Talk segment. For those who don't know, this is my father. And uh, I love you, Dad. Happy Father's Day to you. Uh, and this is an opportunity that I've been wanting to, we've been wanting to do it, and we're like, what topic should we do? So we took Father's Day, uh, we did it uh, last week, so 
I'd like you to enjoy seven minutes of it right this morning. Now, uh, about four o'clock today, the rest of it will premiere either on YouTube and Facebook. I'll try to get it onto Facebook as well, but definitely on YouTube. So you could search Father's House Family Church if you want to go there now on YouTube and then subscribe. When it does go off, you'll be notified. Uh, but it's a 30-minute Let's Talk segment, and we talk about everything from fishing to homes we've lived in, family night, uh, different things, but you'll just hear a portion of that this morning. Go ahead, Ivan. And I am here today with someone who is very special to me. And I think one of the reasons that this individual is special to me is because literally I would not exist <laughs> if not for him. Ooh. And Father's House Family Church would not exist if not for him. And so today I am at the table with none other than my daddy and the founder of Father's House Family Church. You know him as Pastor Jack. Thank you, Daddy, for sitting at the table with me today. Oh, I enjoy being here. Yeah. So I've been excited about this since we've been talking about it. We've been talking about it for at least a month. Right. And so I'm excited that we're able to do it today. So what is something that you admired about your dad when you were growing up? I admired him because he was... First of all, he was very kind to us, very kind. And then he wasn't loud like my mom was. <laughs> Not that I didn't admire my mom, but my mom was the one that did all the yelling. <laughs> she was the disciplinary. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. And my dad, he wouldn't say much. Uh, he didn't discipline us, you know, real hard like. Yeah. He was a good man. So, as I said, you were in the Vietnam War, and you witnessed a lot of serious things during that time there. Uh, and you didn't come home to a hero's welcome. You didn't. Uh, people were angry about the war, and at that time, they took it out on you and yeah. the individuals who had <coughs> been there. They directed the anger towards you who yeah. fought in the war. And I know that initially, we've talked about it, it's, it was a struggle for you. Uh, but how did you get to a place where you were able to have peace in your heart about the things you witnessed and went through and not let it define the rest of your life. Oh, yeah, Maria, that was kind of tough. Mm. It was tough because they treat us like we were the enemy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they didn't give us no help. Yeah. They didn't give us no job. Mm. I had to go and unload banana boxes from the train mm. to make some living. I was worried and nervous and angry, but what helped me was when I became a born-again Christian yeah. and started reading the Word of God. It changed my life. The peace that I had that night mm -hmm. when I asked Jesus to come into my heart I, I couldn't trade it. You could give me this whole world. I wouldn't trade it for mm. that peace yeah. that's inside of me. And it was being a Christian that, that got me to uh, yeah. change. Yeah. 
that's, and, and that was, how many years after you got out of the military was that? So you got, how many years after you came home did you become a Christian? Do you remember? Uh, it was, um, let's see. I had a six and a half. I was a Christian. Another six and a half. Uh, about eight years. About eight years. So yeah. you had eight years yeah. of, and mom, <laughs> you and mom had eight years of living yeah. without that peace, right. with, with right. that contention. Right. And that puts a strain on marriage and everything else. And it, so, was, it was. Yeah, tough. it was tough. Tough eight years. Yeah. Thank God for his mercy and thank God oh, for yeah. sending those individuals to oh, your house yeah. Oh, yeah. to witness to you. See, yeah. that's, and that's why I think you're such a believer in going door to door mm. because someone came to your door. Oh, yeah. Someone came yeah. to your door That's and right. that changed your life. Right, yeah. right, yeah. right. Two That's ladies awesome. came. Yeah. yeah. And they were from the Catholic Church. Yes, with Bible <laughs> in their hands. I love it. Big Bibles. Yep. <laughs> Big Bibles. Yep. Yeah, God bless them. God <laughs> bless them. What too. would you say the hardest thing is or was about being a dad? Uh, I think... The hardest thing for me anyway, I don't know about anybody else, yeah. but for me, it was when you two became a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Teenagers are a different story, right? They're not the same. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. I, you know, at times I feel like you folks know more <laughs> than I do. <laughs> Yeah. Well, teenagers are good at making you yeah. feel that. Oh way. yeah, yeah. And then I didn't know at that time. I didn't know what to actually how to how to you know I'm supposed to conduct myself and yeah. what to say. It totally changes the it, dynamic. It changes. It changes, does. Yes. It does. Yes. Yeah. That's so the, the teenage. Thing. Yeah. The teenage. I think most parents would agree with you on that. That have teenagers or that have had teenagers. Yeah. It's yeah thank God we get past that though. <laughs> Thank yes, God we do. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we come out on the other side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, let's see. What advice would you give to someone who is going to be a new dad? Maybe they don't have kids right now, uh, but they're thinking about it. What advice would you give to someone? I would say to, first of all, love, show, act, and live. A life of love before your children. That's good. And uh, give yourself to them. Give some time to them. Make make some effort yeah. to spend some time with them, and let them tell you some things that they want to do. Yeah. yeah. That is very, very, very important. Yeah. And I think also uh, work with your wife. Make sure that you are in agreement mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, put your children yeah. in the right place. That's good. In the right place. Yeah, train them up in the way they should go. The thing I, I admire most about you is your love for God and for people. Praise God. Uh, the fact that you don't just tell someone you love them, you show them. And so I admire that about you. I'm blessed to have you as a father. Yeah. And thank you for sitting at the table with me. Happy Father's Day to you. Amen. I love you too, Maria. I love you. All right. Praise bless God. The Lord. Hope you enjoyed this today. God bless you. Bless the Lord. I told you you did a good job.
He's like, is this okay? You'll love it. If you watch, watch the rest of it. There's some other questions in there. We talk about his gym time at Rama. I mean, it, we just, there's several things. So you want to, don't miss that this afternoon. It will be a blessing to you. Glory to God. I, I have an awesome daddy, and I don't have a hard time uh, knowing how God is because I'm not saying that he was perfect and that he's like God, but he was a great example to us of how God is and, you know, just very forgiving in his unconditional love. And so I don't have a hard time wrapping my heart around how our father in heaven is because I had a good dad. Now, maybe you're in a place where maybe you didn't. Maybe your dad was absent or maybe you were raised by uh, someone else, you know, not your biological father like my husband. And, but that's his dad. You could not tell us. I mean, he even looks like him. <laughs> At our wedding, people are like, that's not his biological dad. I'm like, oh, it's his dad. <laughs> it's his dad. And so, uh, you know, there are some who are father figures to, to individuals, uh, spiritual dads to some. And so uh, we're grateful for each of you. And uh, I know we don't have a lot of time, so we're going to do this very quickly. But this morning, we're just going to talk real quick about fishing and fatherhood. Fishing and fatherhood. The guys went fishing yesterday. Eric forgot to mention that. But they had a good time. They had a good time together. There's some pictures. You'll see more pictures. They'll post it. Uh, it'll be on the church page uh, sometime this week. So they had a great time. So we're just going to quickly look at five similarities between the two, between fishing and fatherhood. There are probably more, but these are five that we're going to do for time's sake. Amen? Uh, the book of Proverbs uh, we're going to look at because that is, uh, it was written by, most of it was written by David's son, uh, Solomon, and he was the wisest man who ever lived. And so uh, I, in 2 Samuel, and actually 2 Corinthians 6, Z mentioned that scripture this morning, it's based out of 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 14 that says, I will be his father and he will be my son. If he sins, I will correct and discipline him with the rod like any father would do. Ooh, that second part would not fare well with most parents today. But it's in the Bible. And it was in the Bible, so my parents did it. <laughs> Whatever the Bible says, they did. So he corrected us and disciplined us with a rod. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so um, this verse of scripture, Paul references it in 2 Corinthians 6 when he talks about us not living in union with the world and its ways, but living united with the Father. Because God wants to be a father to us. He's a father to us. And uh, in 2 Samuel, that's verse of, that passage where that is from is when Sam, uh, Nathan, the prophet, was uh, speaking. God was speaking to him about David, King David. And he was telling him, uh, these are the things he's going to be a father to me. And now we know that David was not perfect in his fatherhood and in any other way, right? But he was still uh, someone that God showed us fatherhood through. He showed us covenant through David. Remember, David and Jonathan were, were like blood brothers, Saul said. And it didn't end, that covenant didn't end when uh, Saul died and Jonathan died. Because then we see Mephibosheth and what he did with him. That covenant lasts forever. And that's the covenant that we have with our Father in heaven. Amen. So we're going to look at the book of Proverbs. Uh, for, for some of these similarities. The first similarity is that they both require faith <laughs> and patience. Did you know that fishing requires faith? <laughs> yeah. Proverbs 16, verse 32. Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. 
This statement was made by someone whose family was known for being the most powerful at the time and someone who had conquered many cities. Proverbs 19.11 says, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Patience comes with wisdom. And thanks God, thank God all we have to do is ask for wisdom. Amen. Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. When you throw your line into the water, you have faith that you're going to catch something. If you didn't have faith, you wouldn't even bother. You wouldn't even, we don't know, it's, it's, it's called, you know, throwing in the, it's not, it's called, you know, fishing. <laughs> I'm going fishing for fish. You don't know how long you're going to have to wait to catch a fish. You can wait a few seconds, you can wait an hour, or you can wait all day and not catch anything at all. But guess what? Fishermen will still go out there again tomorrow because <laughs> they have faith that they're going to catch something. Amen? Eric and I like to watch the show Wicked Tuna. Anyone watch that show? <laughs> I think it's on the Discovery Channel. Sometimes these guys are out there four days, four days before they catch one single tuna. I'm like, oh my, the wait is worth it though. Because when they do finally catch the tuna, especially if it's a bluefish tuna, bluefin tuna, they will get more money than you and I will see in a month. One fish yielded $47,000 for one tuna. It's worth the wait. It's worth the patience. Amen? Fishing requires faith and patience, and fatherhood does as well. You don't know what's going to happen one day to the next with your children, but if you have the faith in the grace and ability that God has given you to be a good father, you can grow and develop the fruit of patience that is in you. And anytime you need patience, you can draw on it. Amen? It will be there. Amen? Leave a legacy of faith in God, faith in God for your children. It's never too late to start that, never too late. Even if they're grown, you can begin to work on that in your life. Don't just let them hear you say that I'm a person of faith. Live your faith and instill in them the desire to live their faith. Amen? The second similarity of fishing and fatherhood is they both involve teaching. Proverbs 22, 6, we know this verse, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know what that means there, train up a child? It means to limit their options. It doesn't mean to limit their capacity, but it means to limit their options, put them on the path that God has for them. Proverbs 8, uh, 1, verse 8 says, my child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. Proverbs 4, 11 and 12. I know I'm going fast. I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Well, we listen to teaching. Hallelujah. To enjoy fishing, you've got to learn to what? To bait a hook, cast a line, and reel in a fish. My dad taught us how to do that with soda cans, no less. Soda cans in the ocean. In Newport, soda cans, fishing in the ocean in Newport. Not freshwater fishing. I'm talking the real deal with soda cans and lines around it, right? Fingers all cut up by the time you get home. 
hooks in our hands at one point, falling in the ocean at another point. <laughs> we had lots of fun fishing in Newport. That was our territory. And so we had to learn all that. And those are just the basics. But if you really want to be a good fisherman, a successful one, like a money-making one, you have to become a student of fishing. You can watch a pro fish all you want, but at some point, you got to get out there and get on the water and start fishing for yourself. Amen? And so uh, you may have to fish where others aren't willing to fish. <laughs> you have to learn the best time of day to fish. You have to learn the best location to fish at. Which bait attracts what kind of fish? There's a lot to know. They even recommend doing a journal, having a journal when you first start off of your fishing expedition so you can learn what you did and, you know, not do that the next time or do that the next time. Well, teaching is a part of fatherhood. A child needs to be willing to learn, and a father must be willing to teach. And you'll notice if you have more than one child, the teaching style will vary because every child is unique, amen? Every child has something different that is in them. And so your teaching, the way you taught one, doesn't work for the other. My sister and I, who's here this morning, you know, we're different. We're, we, we get along well and everything, but we're different. We have different personalities. She was more the quiet one was when we were young and then I was like the louder one when we were young and so people would be like you know you can't treat her the same as you treat me because she'll run and hide you know when she was young so it, it you have to teach different and then he said teenage years that really threw him for a loop <laughs> because we were different well your teaching style as the kids grow the message will be the same because you're guiding them on the path that God has for them as a Christian dad that's your job. That's your role. And so, but the methods will change. The way, the style and the methods, what you say, the words you use. The older they get, you use big boy words, right? Big girl words. You don't just use the baby words no more. No does not work. Or because I said so, don't work when they get to a certain age, right? It takes teaching. And so, if you'll show the Lord, you'll get them involved, get the Lord involved, he'll help you. Through, navigate through all of that so the teaching will be exactly what they understand. Amen? Teaching involves words and actions. The best way to teach a child how to do something is to show them. You want them to love others? You love others. You want them to be faithful in attending church? You be faithful in attending church. You want them to serve God faithfully? You serve God faithfully. We model that for our children, dads. Your actions do speak louder than your words. Amen? Proverbs is a great book to teach your children from. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs, one for every day of a 31-day month. And so I highly recommend that you take the time with your kids. Read one chapter of Proverbs. We used to do it. And read one chapter of Proverbs a day. The wisdom they'll receive. There's so much wisdom. The wisest man, man who to ever live wrote most of that book. Oh, why not sit at his feet and read it? Amen? The third similarity of fishing and fatherhood is that they both require strength. Proverbs 24, verse 5 says, The wise are mightier than the strong, and those with knowledge grow stronger and stronger. We just talked about the wisdom of God, and here we see that the wise have strength. On that show, Wicked Tuna, I've seen them go hours uh, without reeling in a fish, like hours. I mean, not without reeling in a fish, but trying to reel it in. 
And so I looked up how long was the longest time, 10 hours. I think we saw six. 10 hours. I mean, the fish was on the hook, right? And they're reeling it in for 10 straight hours. Some of them take turns. They take turns. But my goodness, the strength that they have to be able to stay with it. They got to turn the boat a certain way. They got to do this. All kinds of things to reel in these stubborn fish. <laughs> they don't want to be caught. Leave them alone. <laughs> but I like my tuna, so keep fishing. But I tell you, it takes a lot of strength. They're exhausted by the time it gets closer to the boat. But then they actually have to get it on the boat. So they dig in some more for more strength, and then they get it on the boat, and you can see the joy and celebration. It was so worth it in the end. It was worth it in the end. Well, it takes strength to be a dad. From the time the kids are babies all the way up to the time that they are adults. Dad, not only need, you don't only need physical strength to carry your child, go to work to provide for your child, play with them, put things together for them. Sometimes that takes mental strength, doesn't it? <laughs> but they also need spiritual strength, which comes from the time you spend with your heavenly dad. Amen? They also need the mental and emotional strength to be present every day, to be there for the little things, the big things, hallelujah, to forgive when things don't go as they should, to answer the tough questions that come up as the kids grow, to be there for the big challenges that life brings, to keep going when life gets hard, even when tragedy occurs. Dads, you don't have to have the strength to bench press your child. To be a great dad. Nope. But you can rely on the strength of your heavenly father every day. Every day. It's more than enough. Amen. The fourth similarity of fishing and fatherhood is they both can be frustrating. We're being honest here. I know we're people of faith, but it can be frustrating. There can't be anything more frustrating for a fisherman than going all day without catching the prize he prepared for, the whole reason he was there, a fish. And we see that frustration from Peter and the disciples. Remember when they went out, they were fishing all night, and then Jesus told them, oh, you're back? Here, go out there again, and this time put the net on this side. <laughs> In Luke chapter 5, we see that story, and Peter was like, hey, we fished all night and caught nothing. But good thing, he said, but we'll do it anyway. Good thing, because they caught so much fish, their nets begin to break. Amen? And so you could hear his frustration, though. We were out there all night. He just had to get that out and say that. Well, it's frustrating. Throughout the book of Proverbs, you see the writer say things like, My son, listen carefully to me. Pay close attention. Don't turn away from what I'm telling you. Do what the, don't do what the wicked do. Don't go down that path. Stay on this path. You see it. That's fatherhood. <laughs> that is fatherhood. There's a lot of things you're telling them to do. You're teaching them. And yet with all the warnings and teachings, kids will still make mistakes. No matter how old they are, they will still make mistakes. You may think you have clearly communicated <laughs> your expectations, God expectations, and, you know, the consequences, everything. You may think you've done it all. Yet, inevitably, you'll be standing there scratching your head wondering how this kid did what he just did. <laughs> That's fatherhood. That's fatherhood. 
And it can be extremely frustrating, especially when it happens frequently. And it can happen frequently. And it is frustrating the, the older they get because the consequences are more serious. And so for a father, that can be very frustrating. It can be frustrating. In times like these, a father can begin to question whether they could have done more, said more, said less. All those questions start to come. It's easy to forget the previous successes you've had as a dad when things happen like that. It's easy to let that just escape you and be like, man, beat yourself up because my son did this or my daughter did this. But you know what? It's in those moments of frustration that you can lean on the Holy Spirit that's within you. He's a good reminder. He'll put you in remembrance. He'll put you in remembrance of what the word says, but he'll even help you remember, uh-uh, no, uh-uh. Kids make mistakes. <laughs> Just get them back on the right path. Get her on the right path. Yeah, you're going to have to face those consequences. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is within you. He'll remind you that he's right there. He's standing right there with you to help you in those moments. And you'll face those consequences together. It's frustrating, I know. But he's always available to help you no matter how small your kids are. Hallelujah. No matter how old they are, he's always there. Hallelujah. He's not the type that will tell you, I'm there. And then when you turn around and you really need him, he's not. He's helping somebody else. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not our Holy Spirit. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He is always there in the good, the bad, the ugly, every moment of life, every phase of life, he is with you. Amen. And the fifth similarity of fishing and fatherhood as the, is that they are both full of surprises. No matter how experienced of a fisherman, you may be, there is always potential for a fish to get away, <laughs> for the weather to take an unexpected turn, or for you to pull in a fish you never expected to catch. Daddy always caught. His first fish was always a stingray. Always. Always. Remember? Every time we'd go to Newport, he'd be like, yeah, I got one within like three minutes. He always caught fish. Within three minutes of being there, fish on the line. We're like, yeah. A stingray. He's like, oh, and, you know, we're all like, ah, you know, because they, you know, flop all over the place. And we hear they're dangerous, you know. So for the kids, we were like, he caught, he might as well have caught a shark, you know, because it was like oh, a stingray. But he always did take it off the line, throw it back in. But for some reason, every time he'd catch that stingray. Well, you never know. It's unexpected. No matter how good of a fisherman you are, you never know what you're going to get. Well, fatherhood is full of surprises. Just when you think you've got it all figured out. <laughs> something new comes along to keep you on your toes. Uh, one day you're dealing with toddler tantrums, then teenage shenanigans. <laughs> then the next they're headed off to college or you're walking them down the aisle. Time just goes by so fast. And fatherhood is unpredictable. You never know what your children are going to say or do next. <laughs> Amen? You never know. Yesterday uh, our granddaughter had a little lemonade sale. Out, you know, right there in the, in the driveway, 
And so my sister and Aaron came and was with us. And, you know, I'm the type, I, you know, I'm a mom, and I'm like, what's she going to say? I, you know, this is grandma to me. I'm like, what's she going to say? <laughs> so someone comes, and I'm like, oh, please, the training that we put in you, please. <laughs> what are you going to say to these people? You know, and she's like, thank you very much. You know, all polite. I'm like, that's our girl. <laughs> That's our girl. She's listening. But you never know. <laughs> you never know what your kids are going to say in front of other people. You just pray that the training you put on the inside of them. And when they start telling you, Dad, man, your son's a good man. He's a good man. They are so polite. How does that make you feel as a father? You know, your daughter, she's just wonderful, so outgoing. Just, it makes you feel so good, doesn't it? Well, that's how God feels about you this morning. Just so you know, God feels that way about you. Your heavenly father is pleased with you. He loves you. And he'll, he'll brag on us. Amen? He will. He loves us. It's okay to do that. So with those uh, surprises come learning opportunities for you as a dad. You learn about yourself, your kids. And if you take the, the time to really think about it, you'll learn about your heavenly you'll learn more about him. So fatherhood requires faith and patience. It involves teaching. It takes strength. It can be frustrating, and it's full of surprises. When you get God, your heavenly father involved, let him right there. Let him be the center of your fathering. <laughs> let him be the center of it. When you get him involved, you will thrive as a father. You will. You will thrive as a father. And as your kids grow, you'll see and enjoy the fruits of your labor, just as your heavenly father rejoices when he sees the fruits, when he sees us, and the fruits of his labor. We know what he's done to, to make us his children. And so we grow and we increase in faith, and he loves to see that. Amen. Glory to God. Proverbs 23, verse 24 to 26 says, The father of godly children has cause for joy. What a pleasure to have children who are wise. So give your father and mother joy. May she who gave you birth be happy. Oh, my son, give me your heart. May your eyes take delight in following my ways. Can you hear our heavenly father saying that to us today? Can you hear him telling us to, I want you to just enjoy and follow my ways. He's an amazing father to us. Amen. And every father, we know every father here on this earth feels the same way. They just want the best for their children. They want them to be happy and prosperous, to be whole and complete. And they'll do everything in their power to do that. Well, our heavenly father has done the same thing. He's done everything, and he's all-powerful. He's done everything, sending Jesus to die, and his all-powerfulness raised him up from the dead. Amen? He didn't leave him there, but he raised him up from the dead, and in doing so, he raised you and I up together with him. Amen? And seated us, positioned us in heavenly places in Christ, and today, spiritually, that's where you're seated. And that is the place, fathers, from which you can raise your children. Raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Amen? Raise them up. Don't put them down. Raise them up. Amen? 
Glory to God. If you're a father in this house, just stand this morning. Dad, granddad, stepdad, <laughs> father figure, spiritual father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I just want to pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you for every dad that's standing here today. You know the phase of fatherhood that they are in. I may not know it, but you know it. And so, Father, you know, too, what they're in need of today. It says that you meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory. It's not just a financial need, but any need that we have spiritually, mentally, emotionally, all that strength that we need, that peace that we need, joy, maybe the joy of fatherhood has gone. We just ask, Father God, that you restore that joy this morning. Restore that joy in them this morning, Father God. I thank you for your peace. Maybe they're in a phase of life that they're having a hard time understanding the child's decisions. I don't get it. I don't understand. Father, I thank you for understanding and wisdom right now. You said to ask, so we ask you. I ask for supernatural wisdom right now. Be imparted to them in Jesus' name. Maybe it's, I can't keep up with my kids. I just can't keep up with my grandkids. My body just doesn't keep up. We pray for healing right now and wholeness right now because you desire that we have great relationships and relationships start where our kids and our grandkids are at. And so if they're running, we want to run with them. And so we ask, Father, that you restore the bones this morning, the joints, Anything that's out of alignment, we call you into alignment this morning with the word of God in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, that you bless our dads beyond measure today. In Jesus' name, I ask that you show them how you see them. You see them, Father God, as dads who are thriving. You see them, Father God, as your precious possession. And so I thank you, Father. Share your love with them this morning in a way that they've not seen it before. We honor you and we honor them this morning. Thank you for placing them here on this earth and in this church. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. The rest of you can stand this morning. We're going to close. I hope you enjoyed today's service. I know God was pleased. Hallelujah. I pray that you have a good understanding of your heavenly father. Amen. Maybe you didn't understand your dad. Maybe he did some things that were questionable. <laughs> Ever have a dad who tinkered with things? <laughs> yeah, who tinkered things, put, you know, used a lot of duct tape. <laughs> yeah, put things together. Yeah, some dads do that. They like to tinker with things. Uh, but, you know, maybe your dad was not present. You know what? You have a heavenly dad who's always present, and he loves you. He cares for you. And, and today, as you go, enjoy him. Enjoy him. Send up a hug to him this morning. Amen? Glory to God. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. Happy Father.